You're listening to the Invent Her podcast, conversations with women who have taken matters into their own hands and created careers that they love. If you're feeling disconnected at work, I'm hopeful that these conversations with inspiring women will help us all find our way in whatever industry we want to be in, or even find the courage to take the leap of faith to quit the day job and go out on our own. So, let's get into today's episode. So here we are, episode one. From my first episode, I uh, I got the chance to speak to Brooke Peverell, who is the founder of Sings, which is a group of female choirs across the UK. Um, she started her first business at the age of 16. She's still only 22. Um, she's had three businesses by the age of 22. And we had a really good conversation. We talked all about finding confidence in leadership at such a young age and all about her learning her craft as she goes. I've put all of Brooke's details in the show notes, so do go and check her out on social media. I won't waffle on for too long, so let's get into my chat with Brooke. So do you want to just give a like a, a little overview, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, um, so obviously my name's Brooke, um, I'm 22, um, which is the first thing that I say because it stops people asking whether I've been to uni and things like that. Um, and I basically went self-employed when I was 16. Um, I started teaching piano uh, from my house and then things built up. So I had my first business at 17 was Music Bunnings and oh, wow. I did um music sessions for toddlers and babies in nurseries and at home and people's houses and things like that mm-hmm. um and then when I was I just turned 19 I set up my first choir which was Stanford Sings um which is still going today mm-hmm. um and less than a year later I had three choirs in the area um so yeah so I'm a full-time musician um it's my business it's my livelihood it's yeah. the only thing I do I don't have a job on the side yeah. um yes that's that's, that's amazing that you're so young and that you have did you say three businesses or had three well, businesses so, so basically I had music bunnies and then I closed that when sings took off and okay. I ended up with, I had three choirs which yeah. kind of made up sing shall we say did you come from a, a, like an entrepreneurial background did your parents have their own companies where did you get the no. idea from to kind of start your own thing uh, no, no, no. I, business doesn't run in the family at all. Yeah. Um, both my parents are employees. There's nobody in my family has had a business. Yeah. I, even in my extended family, nobody's had a business. So I'm literally the first person. Um, I think it was the chance for me early on to mm-hmm. make money. Um, mm-hmm. I did. I, I was a waitress as well. Mm-hmm. But I did teaching on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and it snowballed from there, really, to the point I always knew that I w- would do nothing but music. I, I couldn't see my life doing anything but music. Yeah. Um, and so I knew that that meant I had to go on my own. But I think also, for me, um, I don't like... <laughs> I was never very good at working for people. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think for most people who go self-employed young or pretty you know straight away really yeah are people who say I want to have more control over my life and you know and I love having clients and it it just it to be honest it happened very naturally yeah it wasn't a it wasn't a oh I was at a crossroads it just it that was Mm -hmm. the way it happened for me did you ever feel pressured when you were at school or sixth form or anything like that to um to study 
any particular subject or to maybe go consider going to uni or doing any, like you know the more conventional route did you ever feel pressured to do that yeah I mean I went to I went to grammar school I went to born grammar and mm-hmm. um so <laughs> name dropping so um so it was very very uni focused and I I was put under an immense amount of pressure to go mm-hmm. to university mm-hmm. the subjects thing I don't think they really cared yeah. um <laughs> but it was university and when I said to my careers advisor yeah. um that uh I didn't want to go and that I had I'd started being self-employed and she just said music's not a viable career option so yes it's gonna happen mm-hmm. um and from the moment that I said I wasn't going to uni, I was completely left. I got no help, nothing, nothing in my, you know, mm-hmm. did this extra project, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I think if I hadn't have been me, shall we say, and so, you know, strong-willed and already had work, I was working already by the time I did my A-levels, that's what didn't make any sense. Yeah. So if I hadn't, but if I hadn't been in that position, it would have been very hard not to go. Mm. I think they mm-hmm. really, yeah, there was an immense amount of pressure, and everybody else yeah. was going. Yeah, everybody, yeah, exactly. I know about three people in my year group that didn't go. Yeah. So all my friends went, um, and that was harder, I think, mm. in some ways. Mm. It's funny you mentioned about the careers advisor because I was thinking this the other day because I think, I mean, I don't know what it is now. Obviously, I haven't been to school in ten years or something, yeah. but. Um, <laughs> But when I think back to my my careers advisor meetings, yeah. they're so old fashioned in terms yeah. of. I mean, it might it might be different now, but obviously yeah. you've got so many. Anyone can create their own career with Absolutely. whatever tools they've got. So it's Absolutely. funny how the career careers advisor thing is is almost a bit outdated. I think it is, and I think the the problem is is that it's for schools. It's to tick a box. It was very yeah. much the more. For, for my school it was the more children we get going to uni that makes us look good you know, yeah exactly for, yeah uh, Oxbridge and things like that yeah so and anything that doesn't suit them yeah. is irrelevant there was nothing there was no yeah. interest in me you know yeah. anybody who knew me well knew that that was not the path for me at the time yeah um I am now starting a degree but at the time it wasn't the right yeah. thing for me and a good careers advisor a good school would go yeah, we know that. And that's fine. You know, yes. we're here to do a job. So yes. um, yeah. it's more about the, the person rather than the number. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it Definitely. Should be. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it should be. <laughs> okay. So what was the, uh, the backstory for Sings then? What kind of planted the seed for it in the beginning? So um, I grew up, we, we don't go anymore, but I grew up in a very musical family going to the Salvation Army, which um, for older generations, younger generations don't really know what it means, but older generations um, know that that's a very, very musical organisation. So music and choir, I literally grew up with choirs. I grew up singing very, very good choirs. Mm-hmm. I grew up with um, watching very good choir leaders in my family. Um, so that was all kind of ingrained in my childhood choirs yeah. um, and singing mm. um, and I left school and I walked into a peripatetic job which was teaching piano in primary schools and I hated it <laughs> I literally hated it yeah. um, I was teaching at home loved that but I hated that side of things and I was literally thinking how can I get out of this job you yeah. know I, I need to get out yeah. um, and around the same time I was approached by a very small group of women who'd left a choir in the mm-hmm. area um, that didn't suit them anymore and she knew my story and she said have you ever thought about setting up a choir and I said well I have but 
there's certain things I'm 19, whether anyone yeah. trusts me. Yeah. Um, and she said, we'll, we'll help you, basically. We're really mm. interested. Um, and so that's how that started. And then it snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. Mm. Uh, and so basically I thought, oh, I can do this here, there and everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so then I set up a, um, a day choir in Bourne, which was kind of more of a retirement choir, let's say, in the middle of the day, where yeah. they didn't have to drive in the dark and things like that. <laughs> much more relaxed. Yeah. And then I set up another choir in Oakham. So it happened actually. I when I look back, at the time I thought, oh, I'm taking ages to get this going. But actually it happened very, very quickly. You yeah. know, in less than a year I had three. That's great. Um, but that's yeah, that's how it started basically. Yeah. Did you find that your age kind of held you back in any way? No. And th- this is the thing. I mean, um, I remember on the Facebook group, we set up a Facebook group. That was the first thing we did. Yeah. And I wasn't running it at the start. The lady was inviting all her friends. And mm-hmm. then she did this post of, this is our choir leader. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking, they're going to look at that picture of me and go, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> I trust my, you know, my time to a 19-year-old. Yeah. Um, but they did. You know, mm-hmm. no, nobody had an issue. And they turned up. And women have always turned up. And now it's different because I'm still actually i don't feel it i'm still actually very very young to be doing mm. something like this yeah uh, but everyone knows around here the people that are coming to quite know my story and things like yeah. that um but at the start oh i was so worried i was mm. i was i just thought they're not going to trust me at all and i remember my dad saying you're so young to do this and yeah. thinking oh i hope nobody else thinks that um but no i mean it's the hardest thing because people talk about glass ceilings for women and i've never ever um, no, no matter who I've worked with, found an issue with being a girl. Never That's that. great. Yeah. But the trust, the the much harder thing for, for me was being young and getting people to trust that you know what you're doing. You know, yeah. trying to say no, 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 don't worry. Mm. Yeah. I'm, like everybody else who's nineteen, this is all I do. I know what I'm doing. I'm professional. Um, and that was much harder. But the women trusted me, and some some stayed stuck with it through. Mm bumps and a learning curve and others just go no um but um yeah so I mean people are very trusting I think Mm. most people are very trusting and if you get it right they'll be fine um and some of the others aren't but yeah and so I guess that that confidence kind of grows with experience and with age I guess as well have you did you did you feel confident in the beginning that you could do this and you could you know do it successfully and you know if you told yourself three years ago yeah what you're doing now would you have believed yeah. yourself or did you always yes. know that yeah yeah I did I mean I think and this is one of the things you don't you don't go into something with with a, a feeling of it's not going to work because yeah. if you do have that feeling you don't do it and I've yeah. always been very kind of I, I think some people might say delusional in some ways if a harsh look in just the sense of it'll happen yeah it'll be fine yeah um I think that's quite um common with younger people because I think maybe if you were if you started this when you were say 35 you might doubt mm. yourself more because you've always yes, yeah. if you'd always had a job yeah. with you know a boss yeah you probably would doubt yourself more because yes. you've always been you know you might have been criticized in the past for, for certain things so you you're a bit more I don't know a bit more sensitive to it so I yeah, think you I think, had that as an advantage well when you get older you I mean I've been doing it what for three years been self-employed since I was 16 so you learn things and there's things that I just assumed that people would be on board with yeah. back then. I was like, yeah, they're going to love this. This is a great idea. Yeah. Everyone's going to be well up for this. And yeah. you learn, oh, okay, 
the people that you think you can really really trust then leave or go or let you down and they're the things that when you get older you have in the back of your head it's more that when you're young you've never done something before I was very kind of yeah I'll make it work and I did and I wasn't at fault for thinking that Mm. but now there's a lot more thought that goes into it because as well I when you're young I had nothing to lose I had no house you know yeah. I had I had nothing I had no bills to pay yeah. it was just um right okay just give let's it go, a go. now yeah and that's the best thing that's ever happened because I got the chance by doing it young I mm. got the chance to risk everything and go full time into it yeah. whereas now when you've got it when it's been successful yeah and you start another choir. When mm. I started Oakham, mm. uh, it was much more of a, I have to make this work because if I don't, this shows me up as I can't start a choir from scratch with no help at all. And right. it, it worked. Yeah. But there's a lot more when you get older and things are successful. There is more. You think more. I think. Yeah. Are there differences in the different areas where you set up your choirs? Have you noticed any particular differences or any difficulties that weren't in the in the previous ones? <laughs> um. Yes, I know. I mean, you obviously get variations in the type of people, not the type of people you attract, because I, I, I do attract a certain type of person, and I've always said to the choir. What, what is the kind of person? Um, <laughs> I think can is not too sensitive, and not that's not me saying that I'm horrible to choir because I'm not. I'm not critical, you know, things like that. But yeah, can take quite a. I have a very dry sense of humour in quiet sessions. Yeah. And I've always said I can tell as soon as somebody walks in the door whether they're going to be able to cope or not <laughs> with right. someone young yeah. and energetic and yeah. who puts that level of, you know, when we get, I mean, Stanford, we've got tw- an age range of 25 to 75. So mm-hmm. for choirs, that's really unusual to have that younger age mm-hmm. range, which mm-hmm. really broken that stereotype. Um, and that's probably, well, it is, it's because I'm young and the type of energy and the type of songs we do and the, the amount that I put into it and the amount that I expect to get back. Yeah. So we attract, I think we've got a lot of, unlike a lot of the other choirs, because we've got a lot of professional women who are working and work yeah. full time and have yeah. busy lives mm-hmm. and don't feel that this takes over. This isn't feeling necessarily filling a massive void for them. It's just something, it's a little bit of time to themselves. So we have professional women, we have a massive age range. Um, and we have women that can have a laugh. You know, we laugh yeah. every single week, even yeah. on Skype as it is at the minute. We laugh yeah. all the time. Um, but yeah, we don't, we're not the normal, we're not the stereotypical quiet at all, mm-hmm. at all, which yeah. I'm quite happy with, to be honest. No, that is a good thing. <laughs> So what would you say to somebody who would love to join a choir, but perhaps doesn't have the confidence yet to get up in front of people and sing? What kind of advice would you give to somebody like that? I would say that the vast majority of people now that join us are not confident when they sing. So we've got a nice mix in Stanford, but aren't necessarily that confident with their singing. Mm-hmm. And the, the lovely thing about choir is I've always said people go in and they're so worried about how they sound and they're thinking the person next to me is thinking, oh, this is awful. Mm-hmm. The person next to them is sat there thinking, oh, how do yeah. I sound? <laughs> Nobody's thinking about the person next yeah. to them. Um, yeah. And I think the thing for me with my choirs especially yeah Stanford in particular um is I've worked so hard to ensure that there's no clicks there's no egos in Stanford there's Mm. no kind of this person's 
the life and soul of the choir we all remember yeah. you know there is they are genuinely such mm. a nice group of women really so genuinely yeah um and the to, to kind of say you will be welcomed and nobody expects the other thing is nobody expects you to be brilliant we're not a professional choir we don't audition yeah nobody you know nobody in that choir yeah. is a professional singer that's um, great yeah so you're not gonna stand you know you're not gonna stand out but I mean the thing is it's like everything isn't it your confidence levels if you've got a lack of confidence it can stop you from living mm. such an amazing life because yeah. you turn down things and it's I think getting to the stage of going this is the best opportunity mm-hmm. you make some new friends if you want to make new co- connections if you don't that's fine you can come yeah. in and dip it now or if, if you, you just want, want to stand there and sing and if you want to have a good <laughs> sing song um and take and it will it takes time yeah. it t- takes a couple of weeks for people to go <sighs> yeah. okay I'm getting there um, but that's normal you know yeah yeah no I just I love the thought of just having a bunch of women together from the age of you know 18 up to 80 and yeah. just singing I mean yeah, that's and just we've all got something in common yeah you, know, you find that the type of women that stay with the choir mm. you'll find the same things funny yeah you're like the same kind of things you're all bonded in this way of you yeah. know you are for some reason I can't work out why but you are vulnerable when you sing for yeah. anybody. So yeah, it's, it's, I suppose you are. Yeah. You're sewing something, you know. You're, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so when you get used to these women that are sat next to you that are almost seeing you in that mm. light, mm. shall we say, yeah. um, then you do get a genuine connection with them. Yeah. You trust them. Um, yeah. But it is, it's so lovely to see. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. And I bet it's nice to see some friendships form that probably would never, yes. that would never yes. happen. <laughs> Yeah, we've literally, we've got women in the choir that have become really, really close friends. You know, they come together every week. They see each other outside the choir. Um, there's quite a few. I mean, we, yeah, very, very close friendships. I've literally watched Blossom and my, myself, you know, there's some of my clients who are my best friends in the whole world. And, mm. You know, I love them more than anything. Um, and it's just funny how those relationships form. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's, that, that's one of the most rewarding things about choir. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, so going back to the like the setup of the business, then. Yeah. Um, what was the hardest step to take when starting it? Um, do you know what? Honestly, when I first started Stanford, I don't remember anything being hard. <laughs> really? <laughs> Not in a because it just it. Yeah, I don't. I really don't. I. It was more. I think starting it was easy. It's more once it's running. Mm-hmm. things happening that you don't expect and that go wrong that throw you completely off <laughs> you know throw me completely off um but no when I started it no I don't honestly I don't remember anything hard but that's because like I said to you earlier I didn't have anything to give up it yeah. was me taking a leap of faith and I had nothing to lose yeah. I think if you have something to lose that's going to be slightly more it's just scary and it's the it's probably the financial thing more than anything for people I would have thought it for me now if I was to walk away from and start something new it would be can I make this pay um which I think that realistically is the dilemma that most people face yeah and so did you did you have any financial struggles in the beginning in terms of any setup costs or anything like that no, Stanford, we didn't advertise. Okay. Uh, we did it all word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I hit, and it paid, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So all the costs are paid. Um, when, I, when things got going, um, I, I chucked money into the business because I know that you can't run a business on the cheap. I've always known that that was just mm-hmm. 
something I, I felt in my gut. Yeah. It is so true. Yeah. Um, so I started chucking money in around the same time. So I got my, I moved into my first house uh, like two days before I set up Oakham. Ha ha ha, wouldn't do yeah. that again. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and so... Uh, and so I was chucking money and I was spending about £300 a month on advertising, which for a big company is nothing. I get that mm. people, you know, big companies spend millions on advertising. But I was a sole trader. I was mm. 20 years old mm. uh, and I was a musician. And, and you I just moved. House. Yeah. <laughs> £300 a month is a lot of money yeah. to spend on one advert each mm. month. And they, yeah, I mean, there's with a business, there is there are always going to be times mm. where some point along the way, you either invest a bit and mm. you're waiting for it to come back and you're thinking, ah, ah. Yeah. Um, or, you know, when it, it takes, the thing is it takes time. It does take time. And I think people become self-employed and they expect within like three to six months, they're going to be mm. pulling a normal wage that everybody yeah. else is you know, earning. That's grand yeah. year. Yay. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't really work like that. It takes years to build up. Yeah, I mean, definitely. when I, we've, we've Stanford has just been, before this all kicked off, we had about 36 members, which is the biggest it's ever been. That took three years. You know, someone was going, oh, why don't you set up another one? You'll get another yeah. 36 members. It doesn't really work like that. <laughs> it takes time. But yeah, for financially, it was more certain points in the middle where it mm. was, you know, slightly yeah. tight. Things like yeah. coronavirus happen when you're self-employed. Well, yeah, so how, how is that working for you? Obviously, because your business is based on people being together. Together. So yeah, how I is mean, that working? I'm, I'm so lucky that actually we can still be together virtually and mm-hmm. it's not the same at all. So my teaching I'm still doing virtually um, and choir we're doing virtual virtual choir. So some people have been like, oh, I can't get on Skype. <laughs> and I've yeah. tried and tried and tried, but you're always going to lose some. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I've, we've still got over 30 members uh, of virtual choir now. Mm. Um, and I do thank my lucky stars that I can do a bit of work uh, virtually so not quite as much but I'm still worth about 75% but the, the, the thing is and this is the I'd give this as advice I was ready for this about yeah. two weeks before it all kicked off I was thinking what do we do if this goes really wrong mm. what do we do mm. and so I had a contingency plan in place and mm. so when it did go wrong the choir knew what was going to happen and mm. we were ready for it Mm. um and that's that saved me really but um it's not ideal yeah well yeah (laughs) can't lie (laughs) i think as well this whole coronavirus thing has made people realize that they can they can move their businesses online if they need to so it's almost like they've added an extra branch to some businesses because they didn't realize that what they could do online because you could do perhaps singing lessons to people in america or people in australia you know it's it's probably something that you didn't even think really that no it's there's always from every single situation life in life Mm. there's a positive somewhere deep down somewhere sometimes you have to really really search for it there's always something good that comes out of it if you decide um and definitely things like you know being able to take teach different people and you know not having to worry about them getting to my house so yeah 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 that's good um what's surprised you the most about running your own business and is there anything (laughs) that you wish that you'd known before starting your business (laughs) um what surprised me the most I think people are surprising. People never, ever fail to surprise you. You think you've got it. You think you've dealt with every type of person <laughs> and every situation, every weird thing somebody yeah. could come up with. And yeah. then somebody surprises you yet again. Yeah. Um, 
it's just people's behavior is sometimes unbelievable you know the things that I love my clients now um I have lovely clients but when I first some of the clients that I've dealt with and their demands you know their expectations <laughs> really? you know things. yeah what, um, what kind of demands do they make well demands of like um well I think and this is something that self-employed people all over the world face and that people who've never been self-employed don't get but the sense of I can cancel whenever I want five minutes before I turn up to your house and I'm not going to pay you mm. and next time I want a lesson you just whip me in unless yeah. you don't want paying again yeah um and I had to say so I so all my all my private students pay by a standing order that's mm. I moved that into place just before I moved out because it was getting mm. ridiculous cancellation mm. getting ridiculous and most people have been absolutely fine but some <laughs> I remember one client I really really had to kind of explain and she said well, I'm not paying for lessons I don't turn up to and I said yeah that's fine just turn up to them <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, like, it's easy really yeah uh, if you turn up you'll get you get your money's worth yeah. if you don't turn up you're not going to it's not you know nothing I've done and if I can cancel, we'll sort out you know yeah um but people do do the, the funniest things and people being I've had students rude about my house it's that people are baffling the things oh that people God. do um yeah people are funny just yeah. it, that's the biggest surprise really is you, every day i'm thinking what's gonna turn up today what's yeah. i gonna do with um are those on. the kind of people who expect themselves to be the star of the show when it comes yeah. to the choir I've, i know i've had nobody i've had nobody no issues with choir and paying nothing like that uh, that was teaching choir has been absolutely i mean because the choir pay terminally as well for the same reason because okay. people were different in and out mm. um but they're they've all been fine and if it were private students um, i've had many more issues i don't now really um but people just i think people expecting that they can i think there's people that expect that life will treat them as they deserve everything their own way and i think that's there's no kind of comprehension of another person's life and that's yeah. one of the things when you're young mm. and if I was teaching from my mum and dad's house oh you, you can't she doesn't have her own house because she's 20 yeah. she's 21 you yeah. know and even with this somebody said to me well you've got no overheads have you so you'll be fine mm. and I remember thinking you have no idea mm. what, what overheads so there's I think people don't think and some people are very kind of wrapped up in their own situation and yeah I pay you so you do whatever I want and, yeah. and it's trying to kind of make that balance of that's true to a certain extent mm. but you also have to respect me mm -hmm. in working for you yeah. you know yeah um, and that's one of the things that self-employed people have to navigate yeah have you found that people who have real jobs or proper jobs <laughs> kind of look at you as somebody who's oh she's just you know she's got a hobby Oh, that little singing thing. Have you found um, that people don't take you seriously enough like that? Not now, not so much because most people, um, how do I say this? Um, most people who come to me have already heard about me, have heard from word of mouth, yeah. and know about my situation, yeah. you know, um, have seen the things <laughs> that's gone on. It's still very bad, it's terrible. But I remember somebody being like, so is this your full-time job like three months ago? And I was like, I don't necessarily know my story, you know, know what's happened. Yeah. Um, so taking seriously, nah, it depends on the person. It yeah. really depends on the person. Mm. And there's some amazing business. You meet the best people in the world and you meet the worst yeah. people in the world. Yeah. And there will always be people who 
you know I've had clients who you know I want my child to learn piano but I don't want them to be like you you know <laughs> um, oh my god so yeah but not so much now I mean I have I deal with really really lovely people now and that comes after time people yeah. respect your journey and where you are and know that when they know you're busy mm. they respect you because <laughs> mm. you're busy for a reason most of the time so how do you handle them when you have when you have people in say the choir who are you know <laughs> negative nancies how do you kind of balance that with the people who are genuinely lovely and there for all the good reasons how do we you don't handle have, that we don't have anyone who's like that in choir you don't we don't they don't mm. last um they mm. might come in i mean we had a group come in from another choir um once and I remember thinking this isn't going to last because just don't fit in just yeah. doesn't you know it's all about them um not very nice and I remember one of them you know giving me a bit of funniness and I, I'm very blunt so they'll get they'll always get an answer back you know yeah well leave them there's the door yeah. I don't you know we don't need you yeah um, some people crit- would criticize that but what that creates is a really genuinely lovely atmosphere mm-hmm. for everyone involved mm. um and that means that anyone that is anything less than welcoming, in- enthusiastic, kind, passionate about choir, friendly mm. to everyone, mm. non-judgmental. It means that anybody who's not any of those things doesn't fit in. Mm. And that means that's why we have no clicks in choir. We have no egos because yeah. it's never been accepted by me and it's never been allowed by me. That's not the kind of environment that I want to mm. work in. I suppose it wouldn't work that well if you had click too many no. clicks because you, you're supposed no. to work together, aren't you? No, and I know so many quiet, you know, people have come from other choirs and they've said, oh, there's this little group and that, and it was just too clicky. And like, mm. it's not, that's not why you go, you go to a choir to be part of something amazing yeah. and be friendly with everyone. And that's so, so important to me. And it always mm. has been. I wanted that for myself. You know, I had nothing when I started mm. choir. Everyone had gone to uni and I was on yeah. my own. Um, and so it was really important for me to have like a community of women that, you know encouraged each other and lifted mm. each other up and in times like this that community mm. is still there yeah. because we've we've made sure that everyone who's part of it mm. is part of the community and yeah. it's one big group you know obviously you have your friends within the group but there's mm. no sense of exclusion to anybody no never no never. that's good that's good um so you're obviously obviously very musically inclined and very creative so how (laughs) do you balance that side of the business with the numbers and the the actual Mm. business side of the business I don't I think yeah it's it's funny because creatives don't tend to be Mm. very good at that yeah you know hard-headed side and I think that's probably one of the reasons I went self-employed young because I did naturally have that hard-headed nature of that came very that still come very naturally to me I mean yeah, the PR side of things and marketing, I loved that. Mm. I like, you know, I like every side of it. The only side mm. I don't like is doing my tax returns. <laughs> I don't think you'll find anyone that says, I love doing my tax returns. Every year, I think, oh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, yeah, I think in business, you've got to be, you've got to tick a lot of boxes. And if mm-hmm. you don't, it's realizing actually, I'm not very good at that. At that, I'm going to give that to somebody else and take mm. somebody else on mm. or, you know, ask advice. And mm. there were times that I asked people, I asked for help, mm. you know, yeah. I, was, I was young, I'd never done it before. And there was things, situations cropped up where people surprised me. Mm. And I thought, I can't, I don't know what to do here. Mm. And even with Corona, you mm. know, I was discussing, I still am discussing it with people and saying, is this the right, 
thing to take. And so I think you have to realise that, yeah, it's okay to ask for help. Mm. Actually, I'd encourage it. I really would. Yeah. So is that how you learnt the PR and marketing side of it? Because you obviously don't have that as your your background. But how, how did you learn that kind of stuff? I think it came very naturally. I mean, my my mum's dad, my yeah, my grandson on my mum's side was in PR mm-hmm. and I never spent right, he died when I was six, but he was very, very PR inclined marketing. He was a real marketing man. Yeah. And there's been things that I've done where both my parents have said, Well, oh, you're like Grandad Allen. <laughs> <laughs> That's come from there. So I think there's there's things so it, yeah, the marketing thing came very, very naturally. I was yeah. always had a sense of this'll work, this'll get some attention. Yeah. Um so that came very normally. I never really thought too much about that but again I would ask you know I, I had a my mum's friend was in PR and I, I went to meet her I had a meeting with her and I said you know any advice would be great um so it's again mm. uh in something comes naturally but it's also asking people that really do know their craft yeah uh for different things yeah no that's really good um and do you how do you see your brand whether it's your personal brand or the, the choirs how do you see that evolving over the next 5 10 20 30 40 years how do you <laughs> how do you see that because obviously you're so young you, you have got 40 yeah. years of career ahead of you yeah. how awful no <laughs> um, I don't do you know what I, I don't know and I there's been people that have asked that before oh, where do you see yourself in 10 years and I was yeah. like I have no idea mm. and that's because what I have learned is that things change so quickly and Mm. go where you least expect them Mm. to. So I closed Oakham in October, not because it wasn't doing very well. It was, it was making money. It was fine. Um, We had about 20 members. Um, But because all of a sudden it just didn't quite fit in with where I felt singles was at or, you know, Stanford Mm. was really developing in terms of how good they sounded. They're really good choir. And it, I wanted to shift my focus back and, if you'd have told me that mm. when I first started mm. saying, Oh, you'll go up to three choirs, then you'll come back down. Mm. You would go, I would have been like, what? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't good. Yeah. So I don't, I, I'm really conscious that I used to be an over planner and I try not to plan now. I try mm. to just think, do you know what? I'll have a general idea. This is what I want to achieve, but we react to the moment as it happens and I react mm-hmm. and I make the decision that I feel is best at the time so I it's a rubbish answer I have no idea maybe <laughs> that makes people feel better but I, I don't know I have no idea I mean we'll we, m- we might all be wearing headsets and like literally you know it might be doing choirs in the jungle in a few years time. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah after this literally who, who can plan for anything yeah I, I know <laughs> so yeah I just wanted to thank you for coming on with me today where can people find you so uh, social media on our Facebook page, my Facebook page, my public one is Brook Music um, and Sing's Facebook page is Sing's, S-I-N-G-S, nice and easy. And my Instagram is at Brook Peb, P-E-V, Victor. Lovely. Well, thank you for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. And it was You're so lovely welcome. talking to you today. And you. Thank you so much for listening to the Inventor podcast. If you liked today's episode, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with me on social media where I'm at the Inventor podcast. I would love to hear from you.